Boys and girls, your attention, please. Presenting a new exciting radio program featuring the thrilling adventures of an amazing and incredible personality. Faster than an airplane, more powerful than a locomotive, impervious to bullets. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! And now, Superman. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of Superman. Today's episode covers episodes originally released. They always released uh, three each week. And this will cover episodes number 12 through number 19. It's a fun time for Superman and to be a Superman fan because there was a lot going on for Superman in these early episodes. They'll have one adventure that leads to another that leads to another. They weren't all individually packed like they are later on. Now the reason some of you are saying, wait a minute, you ended with number 12 last week, why would you start with number 12? Well, thanks to Samantha, Ben, Tyler, and James, uh, and their dad emailing me, uh, they reminded me that uh, I'd messed up last week. I had aired my episode number 12 was mislabeled, and so it was actually one of the earlier episodes that I played again. I found the actual episode number 12, and they were concerned that they weren't going to be able to hear it. Well, I thought, I'll just put it on the beginning of this series of episodes, so you get a chance to hear what truly is episode number 12, and then all the way up through episode number 19. So I hope you're going to enjoy this presentation. We will also be bringing you, uh, because of Samantha, Ben, Tyler, and James, we're going to uh, bring you a few extra Supermans this week. I was wanting to do it anyway. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it. And then when I got their email, I was like, yeah, I better do this. So uh, Monday night, I'm going to present a special uh, Superman that is going to be the remaining episodes from this huge story arc that went from episode number one all the way through episode 27, and I'll be airing, of course, uh, the last part of that, number 20 through 27, and then on Wednesday, I'm going to present uh, the very first appearance of Jimmy Olsen 70 years ago to the day that he originally appeared on the radio show for the very first time. He had never appeared in comics, he'd never appeared anywhere else. He was created strictly for the radio show, became so popular that they brought him over into the comics. Um, For the comic book uh, picture that I'm going to have up today at buckbenning.com, it'll be the fourth issue of Superman that was on the stands at the time when this radio show, when these radio shows shows aired originally. And the reason uh, for Superman, we're not going to see all that many covers for Superman, and we're going to see a lot more for action, is action came out every month and featured uh, a Superman story in it. And so Superman would uh, usually always take the cover as well, so we would get a picture of that cover. For the Superman uh, comic book, it only came out quarterly, so only four times a year, and so this is the spring quarter we're going to be sharing with you, the number four issue. Anyway, I hope you'll enjoy these wonderful episodes of Superman, and also get a chance to look at 
the cover for Superman number four. Thanks again to Samantha, Ben, Tyler, and James. Setting the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. And now, Superman. When we last saw Clark Kent, he was in the midst of a Batman mystery. Waiting at the hospital to interview the girl he had saved in the nick of time from a burning building, he had heard a scream. Two men, posing as the girl's relatives, had visited her room, stabbed her, and suddenly vanished. Today, as our story continues, some time has passed. The girl's injury proved not to be serious, and she is now well enough to give Clark Kent his interview, though nervous and upset. As her story approaches its climax, she becomes more and more excited. Listen. Mr. Kent, when I woke up here in the hospital, the first thing I saw, the very first thing, were those two faces bending over my bed. Bartley Pemberton and Joseph Deneen. They're the ones who tried to kill you? But they're the head officers of the North Star Mining Company. Of course they are. Don't you understand? Mr. Kent, I was their office secretary. About two months ago, I found out what they were doing. Mr. Kent, they weren't honest. They were swindlers. They sold people stock in a mine out west. A mine with no gold in it. Go on, Miss Anderson. If you're not too tired. I want you to know what happened. I found some letters and some secret diagrams and maps. And then came the morning of the fire. Yes, go on. I got down to the office early that morning and began going through his desk. I was in his office all alone. I knew I had at least an hour before he got in. I stood there, opening and shutting drawers. All the time, I didn't have any idea that there was somebody watching me from the closet. Have you, by any chance, been investigating the activities of the North Star Mine, Miss Anderson? Have you? All right. Since you've caught me, yes, I have. You've caught me, and I've caught you, you swindlers. Why, you... Hold it, Joe. Now, look here, girl. What do you mean by calling us swindlers? You realize you can go to jail for that? Jail? You're a fine pair to be talking about jail. That's where you're going. I've got written proof. No, that's a lie, Miss Anderson. You have no proof. No? What about that letter you wrote a month ago to Barker out west? What about the crooked figures? What about those records you were looking for just last week? Well, what about them? I have them, that's all. Every single one of them. Where are they? Well, you'll never find them, Joseph and me. Never in the world. Not you or anybody else. Are you sure of that, Miss Anderson? Mr. Deneen and I are very clever at finding things. You'll never find these papers. I'm the only one in the world who knows where they are. The only one, huh? Well, how fortunate. All right, grab it, Joe. She's told us all we need to know. Get away. Don't you dare. Go on, go on, yell. There's nobody here. It won't be for another half hour. And by that time, by that time, Miss Anderson, we'll be gone. Gone for good, and you'll still be here. Go on, Joe. Catch her. Tie her up. Here, wait a minute. I'll give you a hand. I guess I was a fool, all right, Mr. Kent. I just didn't stop to think. I shouldn't have told him I was the only person who knew. Oh, Miss Anderson, those papers... Why were they so anxious to keep anyone from finding them? Mr. Kent, I don't know. Must be something more than just proof of the swindle. Miss Anderson, where did you hide them? What did you do with those maps and diagrams? My brother. He's the captain of a freight steamer in the Madison. Yes? I gave him all the papers in a package and told him to put them in the ship's safe. And that's where they are now? Does your brother know what they are? No. I didn't tell him. Oh, Mr. Kent... I can just see those two faces standing over me. 
I can't stand now, here, here. Please, Miss Anderson, don't. Look, here comes the nurse. Uh, Mr. Kent, I just heard from an orderly. Those men came in a car. A car? What kind of a car? A big black sedan, yeah. licensed 2406. 2406. So long, Miss Anderson. Where are you going? Find that car. Thanks, nurse. Mr. Kent, it's still at the parking lot. They left it there. Fine, that makes it easier. See you later. 2406. And if that isn't a break, I never heard one. Ah, here's the parking lot. And there's the car. Down. Down. Now to see what I can find. Maybe an address, records, something to tell where they are. Ah, locked. I've got to get in. Hope nobody's looking. Now then, I'll just take a door off. That'll be quickest. What's more? Ah, now into the glove compartment. Ah, nothing. Nothing but guns. Two pistols. Well, Superman can take care of those. Hey, hey, what's that guy doing? Look. Look. They've seen me. Got to get out of here. He's wrecked the car. He saw the door off. Get him. Get him. Come on. Sorry, boys. Can't stay. Got to get back to my paper and write up this story as Clark Kent. In a hideout near the waterfront, Bartley Pemberton and Joseph Deneen stared grimly at the black type that tells so much and is so silent on the one thing they want most to know, whether their ex-secretary, June Anderson, has turned the incriminating papers over to the police. Pemberton decides to visit the Daily Planet office and learn what he can. Disguised as Dr. Ambrose, an investor in the North Star Mining Company, he pays a call on Clark Kent. Hey there, Kent. Somebody wants to see you. Huh? All right, who is he? Right this way. That's Mr. Kent. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Mr. Kent, Mr. Clark Kent, who wrote the story on the North Star Mine. I'm Clark Kent. What can I do for you? Uh, won't you sit down? Uh, thanks. Uh, Mr. Kent, I'm a medical man, Dr. Ambrose, and every penny I possess is invested in the North Star Mining Company. Oh, say, I'm terribly sorry, Doctor. Oh, Mr. Kent, you don't mean that. I'm afraid that. I do. Those fellows, Pemberton and Deneen, were out-and-out -out confidence men. Swindlers. What? They were? Why, the crooks, the rascals. I'm sorry about your savings, Doctor. Mr. Kent, my loss is not half so serious as the fact that men like that are still at large. Well, don't worry. They won't be long. Oh, you'll catch them? You have the proof? Not yet, but we will have. Not yet? I, I don't understand. If you haven't the proof now, where is it? Oh, Kent. Kent, man, I, I've been looking for you everywhere. Oh, I... I'm sorry I didn't see you a visit. Oh, Mr. White, I just got in. Now, this is Dr. Ambrose. He invested in the North Star Mine. Yes. Mr. White, Doctor. Uh, how do you do, How Doctor? do you do? Yes, I should say I did invest. Uh, it was great work on your part, Kent. I just got a call from the district attorney's office. What did they say? They checked the girl's story, and it's true. She has got a brother who's the captain of a tramp steamer, and she did give him the package of papers just before he sailed. Uh, bless me, you don't mean it. Yes, isn't that something, Doctor? Uh, where's the tramp steamer heading for, Mr. White? Well, they asked us not to print it. But she's the Madison, running south from here to Charleston. The, uh, Madison, eh? When will it arrive in Charleston? Well, the day after tomorrow. And the minute she docks, one of the DA's men will step aboard and pick up the package. I guess that'll put those crooks behind the bars all right when they're caught. Uh, yes, yes, indeed, Mr. Editor, when they're caught. Well, uh, I'll not keep on disturbing you, gentlemen. Don't say no. I didn't mean to interrupt you and Kent. If there's anything you want to know, Dr. Ambrose... Not a I thing, don't... Mr. Kent. I'll just run along. My business, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure, a real pleasure. Well, if you're sure there's nothing I can tell no, you... No, no, nothing whatever. You've told me all there is to tell. Well, good day, gentlemen. Good day. Be your pleasure. Well, what do you make of him, Kent? I can't imagine, Mr. White. He's probably worried stiff over his money. You mm, can't blame him for that. No. Now, where are you going? Back up to the hospital. 
There's a whole lot more of that story. I want to talk to that Anderson girl again. See you later, Mr. White. And you say you've heard from your brother? I had a wireless message. Uh Uh-huh. The papers are all right, and he'll turn them over to the police when he docks at Charleston. Well, now all we have to do is find Deneen and Pemberton. I feel safer when they're caught. (laughs) You and an old doctor that called him here a while ago said he'd invested heavily in the North Star Mining Company. Poor man. What was his name? Why, uh, Ambrose, Dr. Ambrose. I don't recall any investor by that name. And all the time I was talking to Mr. White about the Madison, the doctor just stood there biting his lips and tapping his index finger on the desk as though... What? Well, what's the matter, Miss Anderson? What did you say he did? Bit his lips and tapped with his finger? Why, yes. What's so odd about that? Nothing. Only, Mr. Kent, this old doctor, do you remember how tall he was? Well, sure, about... Oh, half a head shorter than I am? And did his eyebrows meet in front in a straight line? Why, yes, they did. Mr. Kent, the finger that he tapped with, was there a scar on the knuckle? Did you notice that? Miss Anderson, you know him? Who was he? Oh, can't you guess, Mr. Kent? It was Bartley Pemberton, president of the North Star Mining Company. And now he knows. Bartley Pemberton? Well, Miss Anderson, what if he does know? Oh, don't you see? Don't you understand? He wants those papers. He'll do anything to get them. He'll take a plane or a fast oh, boat. He'll no, catch no. some steam. Oh, He'll kill my brother. Oh, now we're really getting somewhere. Take a boat, will he? And catch the steamer and kill the captain. I think not, Pemberton. Not this time. And not while Superman is around. Ah, there's Sandy Hook. You've got a good start, Pemberton, but you'll need it. Faster, faster! Is that the Madison? That big hulk up there ahead? That's her, boss. Going up with her in good shape. Watch out for this wave. All right. What are you going to do? Hoist the stress signal. Shoot off a rocket. Get that captain to take us aboard. Then what? Well, then we'll see. But whatever happens, we've got to have those papers. Or make sure nobody else does. Stand by, Joe. Here comes more water. All right, sailor. Let go of the rockets. Signal that freighter to heave to. Give her the whistle. Aye, aye, sir. What will happen on board the Madison when Pemberton and Deneen demand the papers from Captain Anderson's safe? And when Superman comes streaking down from the northern sky in hot pursuit, tune in next time and follow the story. Tune in with us next time and follow the exciting transcription, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. The transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Mysterious visitor from another world who has appeared on Earth as the champion of the weak and the oppressed. When we last saw Superman in his character of Clark Kent, news reporter for the Daily Planet, he had just learned that the two swindlers, Bartley Pemberton and Joseph Deneen, were heading south in a high-speed cruiser in order to catch up with the freight steamer Madison on her way to Charleston. As our story continues today, 
Superman is winging his way down the coast, straining his eyes for the first glimpse of the powerboat or the freighter. But Pemberton and Benin have caught up with the Madison. Four sharp blasts of their whistle, red rockets, distress signals, and the freighter is motionless in the black water, waiting for the smaller boat to come alongside. On the deck of the cruiser, Bartley Pemberton gives a last quick order to the man at the wheel. Listen. Pay attention, sailor. Okay, Captain. Take it fast, Bart. We're dropping a ladder over the side. Head her in there, sailor. And get this. I'm listening. We're going on board that freighter to get something, you understand? If we don't get it, there may be trouble. Big trouble. All right. So stick around to pick us up. We'll want to make a fast getaway, so stay close. Ready to beat it. Get set, Bart. What do we do now? Stand by to grab that ladder, Joe. All right, sailor. Ahoy on that cruiser. We're waiting for you. Don't worry. You won't wait long. Go ahead, sailor. Edge in for that ladder. All right, Mr. Burns. Hold her under a dead slow bell. We'll see what's wrong with those fellows. Aye, aye, Captain Anderson. Ahoy down there. What about the cruiser? What's wrong with her? Captain, sir, two men are coming up the ladder. They want to see you. They want to see me? Ask them what they mean by sounding distress signals. Well, there they are, Captain. Coming over the rail now. What do you want done with them? They better have a mighty good reason for stopping us, Mr. Burns. If they haven't, I'll put them in irons. Ahoy there. Bring those two men up to my cabin. Anybody else coming aboard? No, sir, they say that's all. Mr. Burns, hold it steady. Steady she is, sir. Keep an eye on the weather, Mr. Burns. It's picking up. Very good, sir. Sound your foghorn while we're hold too. Have Mr. Olson bring those men to my cabin. And a few moments later, Pemberton and Benin are ushered to Captain Anderson's cabin. Come in. Here they are, sir, the two men off the cruiser. Come in, gentlemen. Oh, Captain. Am I addressing Captain Vincent Anderson? Yes, sir, you are. Captain, my friend and I have followed your ship to Madison all the way down the coast, hoping to catch up with you. You know you stopped a vessel on government service? Government service? I thought this was a freighter, a tramp. Thank you for your description of it, sir. As it happens, we're carrying munitions. Munitions? Well, isn't that a bit dangerous, Captain? Don't worry. Transporting gun cotton and TNT isn't half as dangerous as giving false signals of distress, as you'll find out. Just let us explain, Captain. Captain Anderson, we've been sent by your sister, June. Before you sailed, she gave you a certain package of papers, didn't she? Sealed in oilskin? What of it? Are they not safe there on the wall? What business is it of yours? Your sister told us to get them. So if it isn't too much trouble, Captain... One moment, mister. I suppose my sister gave you written instructions. Uh, a letter? Well, no, as a matter of fact, she didn't. She didn't have time. Oh, she didn't have time. Well, I'm sorry, gentlemen, but I don't believe you. No, look here, Captain. Hey, listen. I say I don't believe you. If this thing was so all-fired important, you'd follow me down the coast, make use of fake distress signals to get me to pick you up. You ought to be able to prove what you say. Listen, Captain, we've got to have those papers. You'll get them when we land at Charleston. And I've talked with my sister by phone, but not until then. Is that so, Captain Anderson? Stand where you are, please. Why, you... What do you mean, pulling a gun I on me? I mean business, Captain. Keep your hands up. All right, Joe. Get after that safe. You'll land in prison for this. Quiet, please. Well, what about it, Joe? Nothing doing, Bart. Have to blow it. Didn't he say there was soup in the hole? That's right. Carrying munitions, aren't you, Captain? Show us how to get to the hole. Find out for yourself. I said take us to the hole, Captain. I'm not fooling. Open the door, Joe. Now listen to me, Captain Anderson. You're going to take us down along the deck and into the hole. No, I'll be shot if I will. You'll be shot if you don't. We've come a long way, Captain, and done a good deal to make sure of those papers, and we won't stop now, not even at murder. Get going. Go on. Keep moving. I'm right behind you, Captain, with this pistol in my pocket. If we need any of your crew, keep quiet. All right, now move. 
Out of the captain's cabin, along the deck, and into the echoing stillness of the hold. All right, this is being Just sit down now and take it easy, Captain, while Mr. Deneen makes you comfortable. Time out, Joe. What are you going to do, Bud? Carry some stuff back up to the cabin and blow the same? Oh, no, it takes too much time. As long as those people are destroyed, as long as they're lost, they're all right. And if you don't get them out of the safe, they'll remain in the safe, and the safe will remain on the ship, and the ship will be blown to pieces. Oh, no, no. What do you mean to do, you murdering pirate? What I mean to do, Captain Anderson, is to remove every trace of you and your ship. Why, you never dare. You're out of your mind. You're afraid. Help! 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 of the hold, a thin spiral of smoke creeping up the companionway and curling out above the hatch covers on deck. Then sudden alarm, shouting and confusion. Wild ringing of alarm bells and frantic orders. Hey, where's the captain? Where's the mate? Jump! Jump! She's full of gunpowder. We haven't got a chance. Fire! There's fire coming up under the hatch. Mr. Burns, what do we do? All the way to starboard boats. Where's Captain Anderson? All away and stand by to abandon ship. Well, all right. All right, Joe. That's just... Listen, Bart. We'd better be getting out of here. That's a life preserver? Yeah. Look. Look, there's the cruiser cutting through the fog. Come on, Joe. Over the rail. Jump for it and swim. Come on. Fire aboard the steamer Madison. Loaded with high explosive shells and TNT. Bolts go over the side. Pull frantically for safety. And meanwhile... High up in the night sky, Superman sees a glow on the sea and heads swiftly downward. What's that? Looks like a fire on the water. And it looks like the Madison, too. Down we go. Down. Down. It is the Madison. She's a fire, and the men have taken to the boats. I'll swing down and make sure they're all right. They won't see me in the fog. Come on, hold, hold on, Mr. Burns, the captain. Where's Captain Anderson? Oh, hi there, Mr. Olson. Is the captain in your boat? No, I thought he was with you. With me? He's still on board. We've got to go back past the captain, that, sir. Look at it. She'll go up any second. We can't go back now. Captain's still on board. Have to get him quick. Down along the hull. He's been on deck. They'd have seen him. Must be down below. I'll hang on to this porthole and listen. Clinging to the steep, slippery side of the Madison, Superman's keen hearing picks up sounds inside the hull. Pounding. Someone's pounding inside the hull. No time to go up on deck and down the hatchway. I'll drive my way in from here, through the side. I wonder why they left the ship, why they didn't fight the fire. 
ship. Hey, that fire's getting mighty close. Come along, Captain. Good thing you can't see me. You'll be found floating in the water with a life preserver and nobody will ever know who saved you. Out we go. Quick! Superman carries the unconscious form of Captain Anderson, wraps him in a life preserver, drops him in the sea near the lifeboats, and streaks again for the doomed ship. Touch and go now. That stuff will explode any second. But I've got to find the safe and get those papers. There's the bridge. Down. Down. Here we are. This is the captain's cabin, all right. And there's the safe. Well, one smash will open that up. And there's the package. Must be. Wrapped in oilskin, marked June Anderson. Pemberton, this is the time you lose. Now out. Fast. No time for the stairs. Out through the wall. And away. Hey, Mr. Burns. Stop. There's a man bolting in the life preserver. It's the captain. It's Captain Anderson. Get him aboard. Quick. Hold him over the side. It is the captain. How's he get out here? Never mind that. Pull. Pull. There goes the ship. They'll never get clear. Pull! Outlined against a sheet of sudden orange flame, the steamer Madison explodes with a crashing roar, fills the sky with screaming shells, scatters flaring embers on the face of the sea. Do the boats get clear? What of Pemberton and Deneen? And meanwhile... What will Superman do with the precious oilskin package of papers? And what do the papers reveal? Tune in with us next time and follow the exciting transcription, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. When we last saw him, Superman had just rescued Captain Anderson from the steamer Madison and had found the hidden papers in the ship's safe, just as the burning vessel exploded in a sheet of flame and a rain of falling shells. Today our story continues back in the offices of Perry White, the editor of the newspaper on which Superman works as Clark Kent. Captain Anderson has come up from the south after seeing his crew landed safely. And his sister, who is now out of the hospital, has joined him and Kent and Editor White for a discussion of further plans. Captain Anderson is talking. Listen. No, sir, I can't tell you a thing about it. The last thing I remember is beating against the hull with that fire getting closer and closer just beyond the door. But, Captain, how did you escape? Your boat crew picked you up out on the water with a life preserver on. 
Yes, Vince. How do you explain that? I don't explain it, Jules. I tell you, I don't understand it at all. What do you think, Mr. Kent? Well, really, Captain Anderson, I... Maybe you were uh, blown out of the ship by the explosion. My men say the explosion came after. Well, it's just one of those mysteries of the sea. We'll have to let it go at that. Oh, uh, what do you got there, Kent? Why, it's a package a friend of mine in the Coast Guard sent me. Uh, take a look, Miss Anderson. Why, Mr. Kent, it's mine. Why, that's it. That's the one June gave me. What? You mean to tell me that's the package of papers that was in the ship's safe? It certainly is. Mr. Kent, where did you get it? Well, I told you. A friend of mine in the Coast Guard found it floating in the water. Well, that shows you what a high explosive will do. Here's a package locked away in a safe. Bang comes the explosion, and it's found floating around like a... Uh, like a dead fish? Uh, yes. Well, never mind how it got there. The main thing is, we have it. Miss Anderson, uh, what's in it? I'll show you, Mr. White. First of all, letters from Pemberton to a man named Bailey, their representative out west, practically admitting what they're doing. Uh, let me see it. What else? Well, then here's what they said was a map of the North Star Mine, three miles southeast of Canyon City. Well, what else, June? Why was all this business so all-fired important? This letter alone is enough to put them behind the bars. And here's the rest of it. A report from the government assay office saying that the ore from the North Star Mine is absolutely worthless. Well, what? what do you think? Of... And they went on selling stock after that? Yes. That's when I realized they were crooked. Well, Kent, what about it? Any ideas? Where did they live, June? They had a house out in Green Park with a Filipino houseboy, uh, number 23 Durant Street. Mr. Kent, where are you going? I, uh, I don't like the idea of sitting and waiting for things to happen. There may be something out at their house the police haven't found. Uh, who do you think you are, Kent? Sherlock Holmes? Well, you never can tell, Mr. White. Do you mind? Uh, no, no, of course not. I'm running an information bureau here, not a newspaper. Don't bother about me. Well, I'll just have a quick look around. 23 Durant Street. I'll stay here with June and check over these papers. Good luck, Mr. Kent. Thanks, Miss Anderson. I may need it. Go ahead, Kent. Go ahead. Take all the time you want. But if you do happen to run into a story, just try and remember who you're working for, will you? I won't be long, Mr. White. And if I don't find anything, I'll be right back. So long. Doesn't sound like much. But it pays to look around. I'll just drop down into Green Park and have a chat with that Filipino houseboy. He may know more than he's told the police. Here we are. And there's Durant Street. There's not a soul in sight. I'll just change back to Clark Kent, reporter, and see who answers the door. Down. Down. Well, looks deserted, all right. Let's try the bell. Hope somebody answers it. I'd hate to spoil this place by kicking in the door. And I do want to look around inside. Uh, what do you want, please? Oh, gee, you, you surprised me. Uh, can I come in? No. No? Uh, look, I'm from a newspaper, Daily Planet. No. Uh, wait a minute. Now, listen. How long since you've heard from your boss, Mr. Pemberton? No. Well, he evidently means no. Too bad, boy. You don't want Clark Kent around. Let's see how you feel about Superman. Might attract attention if I ruin the door. I'll just jump up on the roof and try the skylight. Here goes. And there's the skylight. Or rather, there was the skylight. Now, down the stairs to see what's what. That houseboy sees me. He's certainly going to be surprised. This looks like somebody's room right here. And there's a desk, if the police have left anything in it. Hey, 
What'd you do there? How'd you get in? Oh, don't know me in my other clothes. You get out. Get out quick. Hey, put that gun down. You no go. I shoot. I count three. Make it ten. Make it a hundred. One, two, three. Oh, what's the matter? You no get hit. Come closer and try again. Come a lot closer and you'll see how bullets bounce. <laughs> All right, that's enough. I haven't any time to waste. Here's what happens to little Filipino boys who play with guns. Oh, 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 let go! You let go! Where are your bosses? Pemberton and Deneen. Quick, where are they? I not know! I not know! Don't tell me that. I can see it on your face as plain as day. Where are they? One more chance. Uh, telephone. Who's calling this house on the telephone? Answer it. No. I said answer it. And if it's either of your bosses, just act natural. Oh, please. No go to phone. Uh, they say... Uh, go on. What do they say? They say they kill me. Not over the phone. Get that receiver. Oh. And do just as I tell you. Go on. Hello, please. Hello. Is that you, Sita? Uh, yes. This is me, boss. Now, listen. So just as I tell you and do it fast. Okay, boss. Look in the desk in my room, and back of the second drawer, you'll find another drawer. You get that? Yeah, I get it. Now, in that drawer is an envelope with traveler's checks. Get it and put it in the mail. Ask him where he is, quick. The boss, where mail to, please? Address it to John J. Jones. General delivery, Canyon City, Idaho. Is that that? Yeah. That's all, please? That's all. Uh, anybody been at the house? They know. No, boss. Okay. If anybody comes and asks for me, say you don't know a thing. So long, Sita. Ah. Traveling under the name of Jones, is he? And he'll touch at Canyon City, Idaho. Much obliged, Sita. Oh, you hear that? Never mind. But get this. You saw how those bullets bounced off my chest. Yeah, I see. Well, I'm going now. But if you breathe a word about my coming here today, I'll be back. No, 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 I no tell. That's good. Because if you do, if you ever tell anybody, I'll come back here and bounce you off the sidewalk the way those bullets bounced off me. No, All no. All right. Only be sure you remember it. Now I'm leaving you. Up through that skylight the way I came in. So long, Sita. <laughs> what luck. Canyon City, Idaho. I bet I scared that houseboy out of a year's growth. Now back to the paper. You ask me, the North Star mining story is getting hotter every minute. Heading back toward town, Superman streaks through the sky. And presently, in the office of Editor White. Well, Kent, this is the luckiest break I ever heard of. Canyon City, eh? Mr. White, according to the map Miss Anderson showed us, Canyon City is near the North Star Mine. What? You mean they're heading out there to the mine? Why? Well, Chief, I don't know for sure, but I can guess. They don't know about the papers being found. What's that got to do with it? Well, maybe they figure if they can get out there and ruin the mine, you know, wreck it for keeps, nobody will ever be able to prove it wasn't all right. Kent, I'll take a chance. You are free to go where you like. Hire a plane. Get out there. I want you on the spot when those fellows are caught. I'll notify the local police. Oh, Mr. White, don't do that. Why not? Well, they're probably traveling by car. If we leave now by plane, the Andersons and I, we'll get there first. What of it? Well, don't warn the police. You want every paper in the country to get that story? But, but, but what if you run into them out there, you and the girl and Anderson? Well, if we do, I can handle it all right. You? Alone? Well, who do you think you are? Superman? Chief. Gosh, no, Chief. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll be all right. Okay, Kent, okay. Get your money and get going. And good luck. And phone if anything happens. 
Yeah, almost gave myself away that time. Do I think I'm Superman? Well, as a matter of fact, Mr. White, I do. Down to the airport, into a fast plane with Captain Anderson and his sister June, over the Alleghenies, over the Great Basin of the Mississippi, west and still west to the cold, high stillness of the Rockies, when suddenly unseen disaster comes creeping along the wings, invisible to the passengers in the plane's cabin. Now, Mr. Kent, have you any idea? And your brother's the navigator, Miss Anderson. Don't ask a sailor to find his way around up in the air. Besides, it's black as ink outside. I can't see the stars. Oh, we went through a snowstorm a while ago. Still in it. If you want me to make a guess, Miss Anderson, I'd say we're pretty close to Idaho. Getting tired, June? Oh, no. But I'm anxious to see what's going to happen. And so am I. Hey, what's wrong here? Oh! Oh, what an awful lurch! me right against the wall. Watch it, we're tipping. Hey, something is wrong. Mr. Kent, go out the pilot. I'm frightened. Look, he's opened his door. All right, folks, take it easy. Uh, what's wrong? Ice, ice on the wing. And one of the ailerons is stuck. Can't work it loose. What, frozen? How can you fix it? I can't. Ordinarily, I'd go down to warmer air. But the mountain peaks are too high around here. Oh, we're going sideways again. Ben, Hey, how about this? We're slipping down. Pilot, what do you say? I don't know. We're in a tough spot. Kent, where are you going? Out on the wing. Got to clear that ice off. Hey, watch what you're doing. Kent, come back. Hey, that boy's got nerve. He's out on the wing. You can just see it. Kent. Kent. Where is he, Ben? Well, he was hanging on that wing and now he's gone. High over the wildest and cruelest peaks of the continental divide, while snow whirls about the wings and ice holds the plane in its deadly grip. And what of Clark Kent? What has happened? Did he lose his grip when the wings snapped and go plunging downward through the dark? Tune in with us next time and follow the exciting transcription, Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman. When we saw him last... Clark Kent was out on the wing of an airplane, trying to free it of a deadly coating of ice which was sending the ship to certain destruction on the rocky peaks below. The plane was heading westward, carrying Kent and the Andersons toward the North Star Mine, where they hoped to make final contact with the two gold mine swindlers, Pemberton and Deneen. Fearfully, the group in the cabin watched Kent crawl out through the dark and the snow. Then a scream from June Anderson. The plane took a sudden sickening plunge, and Clark Kent vanished. Listen. Stop that. I tell you, it's gone. Pilot, do something quick. Hang on. We're going into a tailspin. Let's let me go. Goodbye, Clark Kent. For the next few minutes, it's up to Superman. That plane is out of control, falling fast. I've got to get under it. 
Foot below it. It's like the worst part of the Rocky Mountains. Not much time. Here goes. Pilot, shut off that motor. It's just pulling us down fast. Oh, no, it's our only chance. How high up are we? A thousand feet to go. Less than that. Five hundred. Oh! Where's something? It's moving down. We're slowing. We're leveling off. What's happened? I, I don't know. We're stopping right in the air. Well, what is it? I think I'm going mad. We're on the ground. <laughs> it's, it's not possible. I, I can't believe it. Hey, was anybody hurt? Wait, Kent. Kent, we thought you were gone. Me? Gosh, no, Captain Anderson. I just hung on by an eyelash until... Oh, say, pilot, that, that was the neatest landing I ever saw. Congratulations. Well, well Kent, I didn't... Well, what do you mean? Why, you set her down like a feather in the only level spot for miles. Well... So long, folks. Make yourselves comfortable. Mr. Kent, where are you going? To get help or borrow a car. I see lights down the valley away. You ask me, we're mighty close to where we want to be. Meanwhile, in the light of a flickering oil lamp far down in the cold, damp galleries of the North Star Mine, Pemberton and Deneen raise their heads to listen. Hey, put that in the box. I hear something. Here, someone's coming. Help us the light. Look, he's got a light himself. It's Oh, all right. Light up there. This way, Name Clark Kent. Why, yes, I'm Clark Kent. Boy, am I lucky. I'm the sheriff here, Mr. Kent. Oh? You're wanted back in town on the telephone. Fellow named White. Gosh, I wonder what's on his mind. I think you'd better go, Mr. Kent. It, it might be important. It might be. It is if he telephoned 2,000 miles. Look, I'll run you back in my car if the other folks want to stay here. Are we anywhere near the North Star Mine, Sheriff? Just about falling right into it. Go ahead, Kent. June and I'll be safe enough. In case Pemmer and Deneen show up, I'll handle them. Oh, come along if you're coming, young fella. That guy on the phone, Sheriff, was in a powerful sweat. Jump right in here with me. All right. I won't be long, Miss Anderson. Better stay by the car, Captain. Now, what do you say we build a fire, June? Light up the scenery a little. All right. Now, look around for some wood. Wait. What's the matter? There in the dark. I thought I saw something move. 
No. Let me go. Hey, what is this cotton I got him. The sailor's out like a log. Let me Joe. This is the best thing that could have happened. You think Kent hurt us, Bart? No, not a chance. And anyway, Bailey's taking care of him. All right, drag her back to the elevator. When this mine blows up, Joe, in less than ten minutes, every bit of evidence against us will blow up with it. Come on. Hey, what about this, Sheriff? We've been traveling quite a while. Don't you worry. Where's the town? Where are we going? We ain't going. We're stopping right here. Hey, what's the idea? Get out, Kent. Go on, move. But I don't want to get out. Where's the telephone? Say, what's the idea of that gun? What's the idea of meddling into our affairs? Your affairs? Never mind. You sure won't meddle long. I'm going to fix you while Pemberton and Deneen fix their mothers. Now stand up and take it. Watch what you're doing. Now you're trying to run. I see you. And I never miss. Cut him. Just like that. That's what you think, Sheriff. See how you like this. See? See what the... Get back. Who are you? I'm somebody who's come to give you a lesson in manners. That'll take care of your car, and this will take care of you. Leaping high in the air, Superman streaks for the entrance of the mine and drops into the inky blackness of the shaft. Just, just take it easy. Here comes your brother. 
Look who he's got with him, Pemberton and Deneen. Uh, now then, you swap, that's all I want from you. I've got you and I got you good. Two cents, I'll give you some more. Now stand still, you two. Look, look what I found after the explosion, right near where the shaft was. It's just broken rock, old rusty bits of rock. Miss Anderson, that's gold. Gold, gold. Yes, it is, pure gold. Here, look. Look at these nuggets. And I saw the vein, too. The explosion opened it up. Well, what do you think of that, Miss Anderson? You mean... You mean the mine is good, after all? It is now. And all the people who put their money into it, the poor old women that Pemberton thought he'd swindled, well, they'll get it back. And more. Let me see that. Stand back. Mr. King, I can't believe it. Where are you going? There's another prisoner out there somewhere. He called himself a sheriff. I'm going to pick him up, and then I'm going to phone my paper about that Superman you saw. The best story of the month, Miss Anderson. Come on. Looks as if Clark Kent might have a good deal to explain when he gets back east. When people begin checking up on Superman. But there's another mystery brewing. Another incredible adventure which puts everything else to one side. Be sure you tune in the next installment and follow the story. Tune in with us next time and follow the exciting transcription, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. And now, Superman. Superman walks the earth and mingles with men as mild spectacled Clark Kent, news reporter for the Daily Planet. As our story opens today, Superman and his character of Clark Kent has just telephoned his story of the North Star Mine to his editor, Perry White. White offers his congratulations and also gives Kent a bit of welcome news. Listen. I'm all finished out here, Mr. White. Nice work. Kent, you did a good job with that North Star Mine story. Now I've got a little surprise for you. Surprise? Ever hear of San Miguel Penitentiary? It's a model prison near where you are. San Miguel? Sure, I've heard of it. So have you, don't you remember? Remember what? Well, that's where they sent the wolf and Kino. The two fellows who tried to wreck that train, the Silver Clipper? Hey, that's right. The Wolf and Kino. Well, if you see them, give them my regards. Now, what's the idea, Mr. White? Well, just this, Kent. We sent Lois Lane out to San Miguel to do a feature story on the modern penitentiary. She's out there now. Join her and bring her back with you. You'll be company for one another. Oh, gee, thanks, Mr. White. Ah, uh, forget it. Have a good trip, Kent. Bye. Goodbye, Mr. White. Operator. Hello, operator. Is there a garage in town where I can rent a car? Yes. Kennedy's? Okay, please connect me. Hiring a car, Clark Kent heads out at once on the dusty road to San Miguel, 50 miles away. Meanwhile, in the prison itself, a strange unrest has taken possession of the men within the walls. All unknowing, the authorities escort Lois Lane on a tour of the prison. But even as Lois looks down from a window of the warden's office, two men fall casually into step in the exercise yard below. 
One is Kino. The other, the dark, sinister figure we have come to know as the wolf. All right, Kino. Just keep on walking. Not too fast and not too slow. We can duck around the corner of the steam plant, boys. No, no. Better stay out in plain sight. Forget this now, Kino. The break is set for today. What time? After supper in the dining hall. It's all arranged. Hey, boys. Uh, what about the tunnel? Keep quiet about the tunnel, Kino. You want to bring Tom, Dick, and Harry in on this? All right, all right. How far along is it? Almost done. And so far, no one suspects a thing. <laughs> How could they when it's being drilled from the outside? That's what it means to have a guy like the yellow mask on your side. Quiet, quiet. Here's the guard. Keep moving there. No hanging around in the corners. Come on there, move. You're out here for exercise. I knew the mask would spring us sooner or later. Yeah. It's about time, Gino. He's left us alone far too long. Well, what do you care if he gets us out now? My friend, there'll be a settlement between me and the mask. I should never have gone to jail at all. Now, he knows what he's doing, boss. And if you know what's good for you, just take what comes and don't tangle with him. Don't worry, Kino. If he can use me, I can use him. I'll let him get us out of here, and then we'll see. Well, what else, boss? They're going to ring the bell right away. Remember what I say, Kino. Right after supper, before we've marched out, there'll be a disturbance. I've attended to that. Who's in on it? All the men we meet. Most of them will head for the gates. I've arranged that, too. But you and I and a few more will rush the steam plant. Well, what's that for? Well, for one thing, it's close to the walls. For another... Never mind now. There goes the bell. Hey, force. Look up there in the window of the warden's office. Hey, what's that Jane doing? Oh, yes, yes. I understand she's writing up the prison for a newspaper keynote. Well, if she stays till supper time, she'll have a real story. And that's less than an hour to go. Less than an hour to go. And all unconscious of the impending prison break, Lois Lane worked up the details of her story while the warden offers every assistance. Anything else, Miss Lane? You've been at it since early afternoon. Oh, I'm not nearly finished yet, warden. Well, you've seen about all there is to see. Aren't you getting hungry? What time is it? Very close to supper time. <laughs> That's another thing I want to know about. The woman's angle again, warden. What do the men get to eat? Good, wholesome food, Miss Lane. Or nothing fancy, of course. Could I watch them? See what they get tonight, for instance? Well, it's more or less what you'll get yourself, Miss Lane, if you'll be my guest. Oh, Warden, that's awfully nice of you, but... Well, would it be against the rules if I watched the prisoners in the dining hall? Hmm, six o'clock dinner. Half past five now. I'll tell you what. How would you like to see the infirmary? Oh, fine. Well, now there's just about time, and when you get through there, why, I'll drop you off at the dining hall. Whatever you say, Warden. Shall we start right along? Time passes. Ten minutes. Twenty minutes, a half hour, and suddenly the quiet routine of the prison is broken by frantic bells and the shrieking wail of the sirens. Warden, Warden, they've overpowered the guards in the dining room, barricaded themselves in. Clancy, quick, who's the leader? The wolf. Some of them are getting ready to crash the main gates. Better call out the militia, warn the state police by short wave. You'd better hurry, Warden. Stand by for further orders. I will repeat. 
Calling state police, cars 5927. Sirens, state police, militia, all roads blocked off. And meanwhile, Clark Kent and his hired car speeds northward toward San Miguel through a forest of towering pine. Closer, ever closer, and presently a curious sound in the distance comes over the wilderness to his super-sensitive ears. The road makes a sudden turn, and in the twilight he sees men in uniform barring his way. A police whistle stabs the quiet. Call it up, buddy. This is as far as you go. Well, what's the matter, officer? Roadblock? Yeah, block right here. Turn around and head back where you came from. Why, can't I get through? Where are you bound? San Miguel. I have a date at the prison. Yeah, what kind of a date? Why, I'm a newspaper man. Clark Kent of the Daily Planet. A reporter, hey? How did you get wind of this so quick? Wind of what? Don't give me that stuff. Who told you about the riot at San Miguel? Riot? When? Right now, buddy. We're under orders to stop all cars bound in or out. Oh, look, officer. I'm sorry, but I've just got to go through. What's the matter, Def? I said we're stopping all cars. Come to think of it, climb out of that jalopy. If there's trouble at San Miguel, I just haven't time to stop. Haven't time? Say, who do you think you're talking to? I'm sorry. I'd like to stay, but I really can't. So long, officer. If I can't take my car, I'll just make a run for it. See you at San Miguel. Hey, get that guy, Bill. Chase him. Catch him. Hey, look at him go. Hop on your motorcycle, Doyle. I'll catch him. He can't play tricks like this on me. Jump in the sidecar. There he goes up ahead around that curve. And I lay my hands on that first guy, I'll stretch him out like a rug. Hang on. Uh, you'll be lucky to even see him, Doyle. He's going like a jackrabbit. No, we. He'll be hitting 75. My gosh, look. Will you look? Who is that guy, Doyle? He's leaving us behind like we're standing still. Why, he's flying. I'm seeing things. I don't believe it. Look, we're doing 75, 80. And he's getting further away every second. Look at him. Sorry, boys. I'd like to stay and chat, but I can't do it now. If there's trouble at San Miguel, I've got to be there, and be there in a hurry. Up we go. And faster. Faster. High over the desolate waste, Superman wings his way toward the gray walls and towers of San Miguel, scene of riot and danger. While inside the prison itself, in the offices of the warden... Hello. Warden speaking. Why, yes, Colonel Belknap, it, it looks bad. There's about a hundred of them milling about the yard. Well, the rest are in the dining hall with their leader. You'll send two companies of militia? Good. Rush them, Colonel. Every moment counts. Warden. Warden, they're going to rush the front gate. They've got a battering ram. Two companies of militia are on the way. There won't be time, Warden. You'd better call the tower, sir. Machine guns will drive them back. No guns, Clancy. Warn the guards. I can't shoot them down in cold blood. Dry tear gas. Oh, we have. But there's too much wind for gas. Bullets are the only thing. No, Clancy. Try tear gas again. Drop it from the roof. Now hurry. They're at the gate. Hurry. Ah, there's the prison. And there's the riot. That state trooper was right. Well, I think it's time Superman took a hand in this before somebody gets hurt. Down. Down. Down out of the sky hurtles an amazing figure in blue costume and red cloak. Vaults the high wall, appears out of the tear gas smoke as the screaming convicts mass for a concerted rush on the main gates of the prison, carrying a huge timber as a battering ram. Come on! Come on, bring up that timber! All right, we got it. Grab all you guys, it's 20 feet long and 2 feet thick. Come on, let's go. Hey! Hey, who's that guy? That guy in the red tape! 
Where'd he come from? Stop that. Drop that timber. Lock him. Lock him out of the way. I said drop that timber. All right. It just means I've got to take it away. Hey! Hey, what's he doing? Swinging the huge 20-foot timber like a bamboo cane, Superman clears a space before the main gates and drives the screaming, terror-stricken convicts back across the yard and into the cell block, where amazed guards put them swiftly under lock and key. But what of the wolf and Kino and the handful of convicts still at large? And what of Lois Lane trapped in the dining hall when the riot broke out? Is she in the clutches of the wolf? Tune in next time and follow the story. And remember, be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. The transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! And now, Superman. When we last saw Superman, he had just driven back a mass of rioting convicts at the western penitentiary of San Miguel, using a 20-foot timber as a weapon. For a moment, the situation is saved, but only for a moment. The wolf and Kino are still barricaded in the dining hall with a few desperate convicts. As our story continues today, Superman has leaped into a cloud of tear gas and vanished. But already word of his unbelievable performance has reached the office of the warden and has also reached into the dining hall, the hiding place of Kino and the wolf. Listen. Hey, boss, where are you? Here, Kino, what's the matter? Close the door. Listen, I just heard from one of the guys that tried to rush the gates. They couldn't do it. Why not? They were stopped. Forced back into the cell block. What stopped him? Not what. Who? Hey, boss, it was a guy in a red cloak that jumped over the wall, right out of a cloud of gas. What? A man in a red cloak. Boss, it's the same one, the one that stopped us from wrecking the silver clipper and broke up our car and turned us over to the cops. He's here at San Miguel. No, no, it's not possible. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else, too. That reporter's here. That Clark Kent. Clark Kent? Yeah, I seen him myself, running around the corner to the warden's office. Ah, so Kent's here, too, huh? We owe that smart young man something, you know, and I think this is the time to pay him. Kent doesn't know it yet, but the minute he makes a move or gets in our way, well, I get you. Say, how you gonna wake it? Look, you know, it's almost time. That gas is like a smoke screen over the yard. So what? Just this. When I give the signal, you and I and a few of the boys will dash across the yard to the steam plant. Hey, boss, suppose they shoot at us from the towers. Ah, uh, don't worry, they won't. In the first place, the warden doesn't want bloodshed. He's soft. You know that. He'll do his best to break the riot with tear gas. He'll tell him to shoot if we make a break. When we're ready to break out, Kino, they won't even see us. And they won't shoot when we rush for the steam plant. I've got a little trump card, Kino. A little surprise for the warden and Mr. Clark Kent. Help me fix this broken telephone wire, Kino. Open that box. If I can get the phone to work, I've got a little message for the warden. Now, find that loose end. 
And meanwhile, Superman, having forced the rioting convicts back into the cell block, unaware that the Wolf and Kino are barricaded in the dining hall, enters the warden's office as Clark Kent. Who are you? Is this Warden Bowman? Yes. I'm Clark Kent of the Daily Planet. Uh, warden speaking. Warden, I'm calling from the dining hall. What? Who is this? You don't need to know, but you should know this. Miss Lois Lane is right here with us. You've got Lois Lane? Quite so, Warden. At the moment, she's safe. But she won't be safe long, unless you do as you're told. Man, think what you're doing. Oh, I thought, Warden. I've had weeks and months to think. When we leave this place, the girl is going with us. If there's any shooting, she'll be the first one to stop a bullet. Wait! And if there's a reporter named Clark Kent in your office, tell him to remember, too. Tell him to remember the Silver Clipper. Wait! Wait! Come back here! Warden, the Silver Clipper, the man who spoke to you was the wolf. How did you hear that? How did you know who he was? Never mind. If he's got Lois Lane, there isn't a second to waste. I'll be back later, Warden. Hey! Kent! Where are you going? Just wait and see. I'm going to rush the dining hall. Have your guards ready when the mob comes out. So long. Once outside the warden's office, hidden by the heavy clouds of rolling gas, Clark Kent in a split second becomes Superman, man of steel, and streaks for the roof of the dining hall. Those devils. They've really got Lois. I'll give them something they'll never forget. Ah, there's the dining hall. Look at those guards trying to force their way in with tear gas. They'll never make it. Watch how long it takes Superman. Down. Down. Now then. Won't take me long to get in there. I'll rip through this roof in no time. Hardly an effort, Superman bends to the roof, seizes sheets of metal in his bare hands, strips them off like paper, crashes through planks and beams, and leaps into the dining hall. Hey, 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 what's that? That guy in the red cape. I've seen him at the gate. Run, beat it. All over, boys. The riot stops right here. I'll open those doors and march out in the yard with your hands up. Go on, move. Who is this guy? Run! Quick, quick, keep moving. Out there and turn yourselves over to the guards. If I were you, I'd have my hands up. Faster, boys, faster. Kino. You can see them anywhere. Must be hiding in the cellar with Lois. They won't hide long. Lois! Lois Lane, where are you? All right, if I've got to rip this place apart, I'll do it. But you'd better not be there when I find you, Wolf. Here I come. But the wolf is not to be found. Under cover of Superman's attack on the dining hall, he and Kino, carrying Lois between them, have slipped out a side door into clouds of smoke and made their way to the steam plant close against the prison's outer wall. There, with a small band of helpers... Boss, what do we do with the girls? You beast! Let me go! Throw her in the corner, Kino. No, 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 don't untie our hands. What are you going to do? Keep you with us, Miss Lane, as an antidote for Mr. Clark Kent. Clark Kent? Quite so. If Kent bothers us this time, I'm sorry, but it won't be too healthy for you. Kent? But he isn't anywhere near him. Oh, pardon me, but he is. Right up there in the warden's office, Miss Lane. Kent! Kent! Stop it, Kino, stop it. <laughs> uh, he'll be all right, but you better hurry for it. They know we're here and they're getting ready to rush us. All right, get the cover off the steam tunnel. Be all ready in a minute. 
Hold them off. Horse, they're getting closer. You over there. Have you got the seam lines rigged? Already. The Roger Seller will throw them in space. Here they come. All right, turn on the seam. Point the nozzles down the yard. Let them have it. While half of the wolf's men work frantically to open the tunnel beneath the steam plant leading to escape, the others fight off prison guards with live steam from the boilers. And meanwhile, not having found either the wolf or Lois in the cellar of the dining hall, Superman streaks back to the office of the warden as Clark Kent. They're running him up now, sir. And pouring out of that dining hall as if the devil was after them. Uh, half of them said the devil was after them. They yelled about a guy in a red cape. Said he came right through the roof. What about the ones in the steam plant? We'll get him, warden. Warden. Any news of Lois Lane? Ben, where have you been? Down in the yard, around the dining hall. I haven't seen a sign of Lois. Warden, what do you think? Ben, I don't know. Warden, sir, they've turned live steam into hose lines. Look, look, they're fighting off the guards. The fools, what do they think they can gain by that? They can't get anywhere from the steam plant. One, sir, I saw them. They ran across from the dining hall. They had the girl with them, Warden. They've got the girl in there in the steam plant. Hey, where are you going, Ben? Hey, call that reporter back. Stop it. A race against time. Lois in the power of the wolf. Kent dashes into the yard, heedless of the warning cries of the guards, plunges into a cloud of steam, and at once becomes Superman. Oh, no, I won't. I'll have them out of there in no time. Steam can't hurt me. Go on, boys. Turn it on full. And watch out for yourselves, because here I come, right through that door. Now then, where are they? Oh, they fastened those hose lines to the window. Lois! There she is. Faded, too. Got to get her out of here. Turn off that steam, quick. When she comes around, she'll just see Clark Kent. And so will all the rest. Oh, the tunnel. Damn that tunnel. Hey, this way! Miss Lane says they got to wait on the tunnel. No, they didn't. Hurry up. We got him on the other side. Miss Lane, are you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Well, I reckon you can thank your friend Clark Kent for that. Kent? I didn't see you. How did you get here? Oh, gee, Miss Lane, never mind that now. Point is, I did get here and just in time. Was it you that got me out? I thought I saw a tremendous figure in a red cape. Oh, gosh, I sure hate to disappoint you, Miss Lane. I guess you figured I was Superman. Oh, no. Don't worry, Clark Kent. Why did you stop to look after me? If you'd been on your job, you'd have gone after those convicts down the tunnel. Oh, no. You'll never be confused with Superman. Oh, look. Here comes the warden. Warden, is everything all right? Hey, listen. We got them all but two. Two of those guys got away, broke through the tunnel, and got loose. Warden, which one? Which one? That fellow named Kino and the one they call the wolf. Kino and the wolf have escaped. Lois Lane is safe and unharmed, but the wolf and Kino have made good their escape, aided by the power of the yellow mask. And unknown to Clark Kent, a strange and terrible adventure lies directly ahead. Be sure to tune in next time and follow the story. And remember, be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. And now, Superman, faster than an airplane, stronger than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound, champion of the weak and the oppressed, tireless fighter for truth and justice. When we last saw him, Superman had just rescued Lois Lane from a gang of convicts at San Miguel Prison, only to learn at the last minute that the two leaders of the riot, Kino and the Wolf, have made good their escape in the confusion. Alarms ring and sirens wail, but the two fugitives are nowhere to be seen. Kent and Lois return home, bringing their story of the riot, and by a curious coincidence, the Wolf and Kino arrive in the same city at about the same time, following instructions they make their way to the underground hideout of the Yellow Mask. Listen. Now listen, boys. You sure you know where you're going? Instead of making it off. Although why they were told to take this roundabout way, I'm sure I can't tell you. Leave that to the mask, boys. He knows what he's doing. Indeed, you know. Then perhaps you can explain why he left us so long in that confounded jail. Now, he knows what he's doing. He should never have let us go to jail at all. Well, how could he help it? That guy kept the reward. It's his business to help us. He made fools of us. Better not let him hear you say that, boys. Uh, he'll hear me say more than that when I find him. Uh, stop where you are. We've arrived. Well, I don't see nothing. This is just a blank wall. Watch, you know. Keep looking, Kino. Look right at the wall. Gee, it's a door. Open up right in the rock. Inside, quick. Ah, and just in time, too. There's a police car not far off. Hey, you think they're looking for us? Possibly. But they'll never find us. Stand back, Kino, while the door closes. Gee, it's pitch black. I can't see where I am. It's a passage. Just walk straight ahead. Is this where we'll find the mayor? I hope so, Kino. And when I do find him, there'll be a settlement which is quite a bit overdue. Hey, boss, now think what you're saying. Kino, I've made up my mind. The mask has run things far too long. It's my time now. Now, you can't say that. But I do say it. Why should I take second place? I'll run things myself. From now on, there's not room for both of us. As to that, my friend, I entirely agree with you. It's him. The mask. Turn on the lights. In the house of the mask, my friend, be careful what you say. Very well, mask. You heard me. It's either you or I. And since I happen to have a pistol here in my pocket... So, you brought a pistol, Wolf. This is the last time you'll stand in the way of high voltage. <laughs> Finishes the wolf. Kino, I think I heard you use the term boss. You will remember after this to whom it applies. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, whatever you say. Uh, what did you want to see us about? Plans, Kino. Great plans in which you should have a share. Plans that concern millions of dollars and thousands of lives. Stand quietly where you are, Kino. And almost at the same time that the yellow mask tells Kino of his plans, Editor Perry White of the Daily Planet speaks to Clark Kent and Lois Lane of a new assignment. Hello there, Lois. Come in. Close the door. Did you want to see both of us, Mr. White? I certainly did. 
You made out so well on that prison break that I'm going to send you and Ken out again. Oh, gee, that's great, Mr. White. I'm sure Mr. Kent could cover it much better alone. Well, you're going along, Lois. So sit down and listen. Have either of you heard what's going on in Dryerville? I haven't heard a thing about anything. I have, Chief. Oh, the human encyclopedia. He knows about everything. You know where Dryerville is, Lois? Only more or less, Mr. White. Well, it's up in the hills. Flourishing little city of about 30,000. Since about two weeks ago, they've been calling it the Jinx Town. The Jinx Town? All those accidents. Is that why, Mr. White? Well, first they thought it was funny, and then it got serious. Now they don't know what to think. Why, what happened? Curious, unbelievable accidents. Nothing very striking at first. Just all the radio sets went out of whack. All at once? All at once. And then the telephones. Say, that might have been serious. It was, Kent. Then two days ago, although there hadn't been any rains, the town was flooded. Flooded? Three feet deep in water. Without any warning at all, the Jefferson River went over its banks and mighty near drowned them all out. Mr. White, anything else? That was two days ago, Kent. Yesterday, all the electric power in the city went off. And today, they were rocked by a series of earthquakes. Earthquakes? In this section of the country? Well, heavy explosions far underground, and they don't know what to make of it. People are excited, naturally, and now they're just a little bit afraid. Well, do you blame them? Well, asking themselves, what's behind all this? And that's where you're sending me and Kent, Mr. White. If you're sure you don't mind, Lois. Well, I feel safer with a more adequate escort. Oh, gosh, Miss Lane, I'll do the best I can to keep you out of trouble. Thank you, Mr. Kent. I'm usually able to do that much for myself. When do we leave, Mr. White? As soon as you can. Get an advance from the cashier and hire a car. A car? What's the matter with the train? I don't know. I just have a feeling. Mr. White, what do you mean? There's something back of this, Lois. I don't understand it. All these things aren't accidents. Mr. White, you think they're intended? I don't know, Kent. But if they are, well, I'd rather have you on a car than on a train heading into Dyerville. Uh, Come along. I'll see you as far as the cashier. Sure, you know which way you're going, Mr. Kent? Look, Lois, couldn't you call me Clark? Sorry, for some reason I seem to prefer Mr. Kent, and I also prefer Miss Lane. All right, Miss Lane. As I was saying, are you sure you're on the right road? Positive. There was a route sign back away to Dyerville. Then aren't we almost there? What time is it? Uh, it's too dark to see. Mind turning on the dome light? Thanks. Uh, it's half past eleven. Look out, there's a car coming. Well, I, I see it. Look out, he's coming straight at us. Mr. Kent! Idiot, he almost put us in the ditch. Driving like a maniac, too. What's the matter? Nothing, Mr. Kent. Was there anything strange about that car? Strange? How do you mean? I thought, well, of course I didn't get a very good look at it, but I thought I'd seen it before. Not me. I thought it passed us a while ago, going the other way. What would he be doing that for? Oh, look here, Lois. I, I mean, Miss Lane... You're tired and upset. Oh, no, I'm not. Oh, I say you are. Well, think about something else. How about switching on the radio, huh? Thanks, I'd rather not. Oh, come on. At least we'll get the late news. Must you hear the news? Well, why not? Give it a chance to warm up first. Look, Miss Lane, they're ahead. That's Dyerville. Down there, over the river? Uh-huh, that's the Jefferson. They crossed the toll bridge, and then we're in Dyerville. Nothing doing on the radio? I really don't know. Maybe it's broken. Huh. Lights up all right. Look out. There's a car coming up behind you. Yeah, coming fast, too. Mr. Kent, be careful. He's not turning out. Look out! Why, the 
crazy idiot. Mr. Kenner was the same tall. You're right. Wait till I get his number. Hang on. Well, what's that? Not the radio. I'm going to catch that fellow if it's the last thing I do. Go back, Mr. Kent. Go back. Go back. Go back. Mr. Kent, that voice. Where did it come from? The radio. That's not possible. Someone called me by name. Go back, Mr. Kent. Go back. Go back. Go back. That car. That's where it comes from. There's a radio transmitter in that car. Now I've got to catch him. Right ahead. There's the bridge. No bridge or no bridge. I'm going to catch that car. Hang on, Lois. Gone, Mr. Kent. There's not a sign of him. Well, it must be. It can't have vanished. Mr. Kent, be careful. The toll bridge. There's a man there and the bars are down. Look out! We're going right through them! Did you have to go so fast? Just look what you've done to the gates. <laughs> Lucky if they don't take away your license. Hey, why do you think you're gone? Can't you see the lights? I'm sorry, officer. Really? I bet you'll be sorry. Let me see your license, young fella. There's a toll bridge, not a speedway. I'll pay the toll. I hope to tell you you'll pay the toll. And you'll pay for them gates, too. And about $50 for reckless driving. No, it, it, it wasn't reckless driving, officer. I was chasing that car ahead, and I just what had What car? To... What car ahead? You're the only car on this bridge in the last half hour. I tell you, there was a car. I saw it. Keep on, and you'll see pink elephants and green elephants. All right. How much is the toll? Uh, never you mind the toll. That's the least of your worries. The bridge. It's shaking. What's the matter? The bridge. It's another quake. Run. Run. Got to save the bridge and save Lois. Not much time. Good thing it's dark. They couldn't see Clark Kent changing to Superman. If I can get down underneath it, down on the piers. Quick. It's going. Matter of seconds. Down. Down. Down through the darkness, Superman plummets like an arrow, while the great structure of struts and cables sways and groans above the river, while the car containing Lois Lane slips, halts, and slips again nearer to the sudden brink that yawns suddenly where a moment before was solid pavement. Can the man of steel save the bridge of steel? Or have matters already gone beyond the power of even his incalculable strength? And whose was the voice on the radio? And what terrible fate hangs over the town of Dyerville. Tune in next time and follow the story. And remember, be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. The transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. And now, Superman. When we last saw him, Clark Kent was traveling toward the mountain city of Dyerville with Lois Lane to investigate a curious chain of disasters and accidents that had held the city in a grip of fear for the past eight days. But as they reached the toll bridge over the Jefferson River, leading into Dyerville, the bridge suddenly trembled and swayed. Lois screamed as their automobile slid toward the guardrail, and Kent leaped away in the darkness. As our story continues, he has become Superman. Red cloak streaming in the wind, he plummets down through the night in a desperate effort to save the bridge and prevent the car from plunging into the river below. Listen. That bridge is shaking like a tree in a high wind. 
If I can get down under it and hold it, find out what's wrong. Here we are. Why, the foundation's half gone. Blown apart as if it had been hit by a shell or a torpedo. Those girders are just hanging loose. If I can only put them back where they belong. I don't know. Pretty far gone, but maybe I can make it. If I don't, the whole thing will fall off. Crash in the river. Blow us along with it. Now then, one more pull. Ah. <sighs> Made it. Twisted that steel work back into place. Now to return to Lois on the bridge as Clark Kent. Up. Up. What's happened? Where are the lights? The dog. Kent. Kent. Lois. I mean, Miss Lane. Uh, are you all right? The bridge. What about the bridge? Oh, don't worry about the bridge. But what was it? What happened? I don't know. Maybe the foundation gave way in the flood. We'll be all right if we keep going. Come on, get back in the car. Right, lucky it didn't roll off the bridge and smash up. Kent, we can't cross now. Oh, yes, we can. I, I've paid the toll. Clark, can't you fool? I'm not thinking about the toll. The bridge will go down with No, it won't, Lois. It's safe now, I'm sure. Come on, get in. Here we go. Now, if you're the least bit afraid, just shut your eyes. Clark Kent and Lois Lane cross the damaged bridge safely and arrive in Dyerville. Next morning, in the office of the city commissioner, they wait for an interview. Oh, here he is now. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Commissioner. Good morning. Here, this is Miss Lane, I take it, and Mr. Clark Kent, both of the Daily Planet. Sorry to bother you, Commissioner, but we're after a story about what's been going on in Dyerville. Yes, come into my office and close the door. All right. Now, sit down, Miss Lane, Miss Kent. Thanks, Commissioner. We won't take up too much of your time. And don't worry. If you were ordinary reporters, you wouldn't take up any of it. I'd see to that. But I've had a call from your editor. Oh, you have? From Mr. White? Yes, Perry White of the Daily Planet. It's about you, Kent. Me? Yes, Mr. White tells me that you're not only a good reporter, but that you seem to have a knack of digging out what's back of things. Well, uh, I'm sure I don't know. It's a knack or just dumb luck. Well, either one will do me. Because if I don't get to the bottom of this business, and soon... Uh, Just what's happening, Commissioner? Well, have you heard about the Jefferson Bridge last night? What? The South Pier was carried away as if a giant monster had bitten a chunk out of it. Good heavens, and we were on it. Yes, but that's not all. Whatever it was, some human agency or mysterious force not only almost took the bridge away, but put it back. What? That's what I say. Most of the steel girders were torn loose from their rivets, but someone replaced them, twisted them together so they'd hold. Why, only a Superman could have done it. Superman. Yeah. Just imagine that. Well, forget about the bridge. It's the least of what's happened. There was the matter of the electric power. Three days ago, it went completely out for no explainable reason. And what about that flood, Commissioner? Yes, yes, the flood. And the earthquakes or explosions or whatever they were. I tell you, I can't stand much more of this. None of us can. Why, we never know from one moment to another what's going to happen next. Huh. And there's uh, no explanation? No clue of any kind? Kent, not a one. What if they're not accidents? What if there's some human fiend behind all this? What's he trying to do? What does he want? Does he intend wiping the city off the map? Oh, no, no, no. Take it easy, Commissioner. There's probably some very simple explanation. All right. All right. Probably there is. But you find it, Kent. Go out and dig it up. I've had the best men I know on it so far, and I haven't found a thing. I tell you, I'm at the end of my rope. Well, Miss Lane and I may be able to help, Commissioner. And I hope so, Kent. I hope so. Because if this madness doesn't stop soon, I think we'll all go out of our minds. 
If there's just one more catastrophe, one more unexplained accident. Hmm. Hello. Yes, yes, this is the commissioner. What? Bart? When did it happen? What is it? Quiet, I want to hear. But, yes, well, get every boat in the river, you understand? Every boat. Yes, called tugs and police launches. But land that barge. Get it out of trouble. Listen, something's gone wrong on the river. Yes, yes, call me back. I'll be right here by the phone. Commissioner, what is it? What's happened? There's a railroad barge with 15 tank cars on it loaded with gasoline. It broke loose from its tug. What? It's drifting downstream toward the falls. Toward the falls? Yes, and they can't stop it. They can't stop it. The tide's too strong. They can't do a thing. Ken, where are you going? Well, where do you think? Off to find that barge. I'll see you later, Commissioner. Uh, you wait here, Miss Lane. Some story in that. I'll be back as soon as I can. Wait. Wait. I'll you. Wait. Sorry, Lois. Can't stop now. There's an emergency like that. It's time Clark Kent gave way to Superman. Ah, here's a window. No one in sight. Good. We're up. And away! Off like a streak of light, Superman leaps into the air, heads for the river, and disappears in a bank of mist. Meanwhile, the Jefferson River is a scene of terror and confusion. Whistle scream, but nothing can stop the swift course of the helpless railroad barge. Caught in the rapid current and moving ever faster toward the falls, the two men on the barge are frantic with fear. They can't get us. We're going fast and fast. Get ahead! Ain't that the falls? No, we're going over. We're going over, sure. We gotta jump. Jump and swim for it. Oh, no, no, stop. Stay with the barge. It's our only chance. I tell you, we'll be killed. Drown. Smash the pieces. Jump. Jump, I tell you. Oh, jump. Ah, there's the barge. And there are the falls, too. Not much time. Got to dive down there, grab that barge load of railroad cars, and pull them back where they came from. I must be careful. One spark might set that gasoline off. Down into the water. Down. Down. <laughs> now then. Three good strokes and I'm there. One. Two. Three. Got them. I caught the barge. Now all I have to do is tow it back up the river. And without being seen. Here we go. Superman, exerting his terrific strength, brings the heavily loaded barge around in the river, forces it upstream, eases it safely into a dock, and disappears again in the murky water of the Jefferson River. And presently, back in the office of the city commissioner, where Lois still waits. There it is. There it is. That barge. It's gone over the falls. I hardly dare answer the phone. Shall I take it, commissioner? No, no. Hello? Yes? What? You... You say it's safe? It it slid back upstream? Floated into a dock? And it didn't go over the falls? Say, wait a minute. You're sure? What? Well, I, I don't care how it happened. All I need to know is they're safe. Oh, Miss Lane, Miss Lane, that barge is all right. Well, Commissioner, what's happened? Well, I don't know. Some crazy, impossible story, but who cares about that? Yes, come in, come in. Hello, Commissioner. Oh. Hi, Miss Lane. Well, hello there, Kent. I guess you've heard the news, too, huh? About the barge? <laughs> yes, and I decided I might as well come back. <laughs> you didn't get your big story after all, did you, Mr. Kent? Oh, there's still a story, Miss Lane. Uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? 
That affair of the railroad barge breaking away from its tug was no accident, sir. But Mr. Kent knows all the answers, Commissioner. Those cars and that gasoline were meant to go over the Jefferson River Falls. Why, Kent, you're joking. No, 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 I'm not joking. Mr. Kent, how do you know all this? Very simple, Miss Lane. The steel cable joining the barge and the tug didn't break. It was cut. Commissioner. Yes, yes. Commissioner, have you heard? Did you get it? Get what? What are you talking about? Quick, turn on your radio. Radio, radio? What are you talking about? Come on, it's on, Commissioner. Yes, yes. Dyerville. What? Calling the city of Dyerville. What's that? Listen, listen. Calling the city of Dyerville. The secret empire demands the sum of one million dollars. One million dollars is the price of Tyreville. To be paid by midnight tomorrow. If it is not paid, Tyreville will cease to exist. This is the yellow mask. Tyreville, calling the city Shut of that Tyreville. thing off. What does it mean? Yes. What does it mean? Kent, did you hear? The yellow mask. He thought he was dead. Killed in that plane crash. What's she talking about? Kent, what is it? Commissioner, it means just this. Miss Lane and I have met the yellow mask before. It means that unless you raise one million dollars by midnight tomorrow, Dyerville will be wiped off the face of the earth. Suddenly, like the shadow of a dreadful nightmare, the hand of the yellow mask hangs darkly over Dyerville. Now the reason is clear for the long chain of accidents that plagued the city. The yellow mask has been placing the people of the town in the grip of a deadly terror. What will happen next? What can Superman do in the few short hours that remain? Tune in next time and follow the story. Be sure to tune in the next thrilling installment of the amazing transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.